Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. You never know where our next story at Outsports is going to come from. And this one is another example of Courage is Contagious, our tagline. I was on our Instagram account and noticed we got a follow from somebody named Connor McDermott Mustoe, and to be honest, I didn't recognize the name. I did a quick Google search, and lo and behold, he's a speed skater for the United States, and oh, he just competed in a world championship, and oh, wow, he's really good. So we started messaging, and I just asked him if he would like to talk about being a gay athlete at the elite levels of sport. He said he never had before publicly, but sure, why not? His only request that we wait until after the U.S. championships. Uh, We decided that was a good idea to accommodate that. And we're glad we did, because we can talk about him being a U.S. champion. And I'm thrilled to have him join me today. We talk about that very thing, winning a U.S. championship, uh, and how he has been dealing with the pandemic, going to a world championship during the pandemic, his friendship with Brittany Bow, the world champion and Olympian, uh, as well as just kind of being out in the sport and never having some, you know, big announcement and just never feeling like he needed to do that, um, while at the same time wanting to do it to help other people. Uh, I really appreciate the conversation with Connor. He's very cool, laid back, uh, an open book, and also educated me a little bit on speed skating. Uh, despite loving the Olympics and watching the Olympics and following the Olympics and following speed skating, uh, there, are, there are always things about Olympic sports that I can learn, and I appreciate Connor just, just having a sports conversation with me too. Anyhow, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Connor McDermott Mustoe. Connor, thank you so much for joining me today. How was Nationals? Uh, the U.S. champs went really well, actually. Better than I was expecting. Um, just finished last weekend and ended up being third in the 1500, which has been like a really, it's been like a growth distance this year. And then I ended up getting uh, first in the 1000, which was somewhat unexpected, but also not out of the realm of possibility, but definitely a little bit unexpected. Why was it unexpected? Um, I mean, I've been like very consistently like second or third this year. Um, one of my teammates did not skate it because he, it's not really a distance that he focuses on. Um, so that kind of took one variable out of it, but yeah, I've been pretty consistently like second or third this year. So getting a huge PB and jumping into first was a, a really nice feeling. <laughs> I, I saw that you finished second in the mass start and I have no idea what the mass start is. What is that? Yeah. So that's, um, if anyone's ever seen short track, it's basically short track on long track. Um, most of our races are, uh, like time trial based. So you use two people skating that never actually like skate against each other. It's all against the clock. The mass start is in like an actual race against people. So whoever's first across the line wins the race. So it's not time, but just it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there. If you win, you win. Yeah, exactly. Is there a lot of bumping and elbowing and jockeying in that? Um, it really much depends on who's skating. Like this weekend, 
was a very small field, um, which has its advantages and disadvantages. So I would say there was almost no jostling this weekend, but depending on what race you're in, especially at the international ones, it starts to get pretty handsy. <laughs> those, those Russians, they, they can't keep their hands <laughs> to themselves. Um, and how did you get here? I mean, you haven't been skating long track for very long. It's, it is different from short track. It's, you know, it's essentially for those watch track and field, maybe it's the difference between running a hundred meters and a mile. Nobody does both. It's mm -hmm. one or the other. How did you get here so quickly? Um, they are different. I actually now have ended up skating the some of the same distances you skate in short track on long track. Um, in long track, there are much longer distances that are ever skated in short track, but I kind of have settled on like the sprint distances, which are the same ones that you skate in short track. Um, and they're different, like skating is completely different. It's a much larger ice surface, but a lot of the skills transfer over pretty well. And in like, this is my fourth year skating long track. And in that time, I feel like I've gotten a lot better at the very long track specific parts of it, but there's a lot of skills that transfer over from short track. So for your events, the, the, the major difference isn't really the distance, but rather the difference between indoor track and field and outdoor track and field, where to do the same distance in, 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 in indoor or short track, you just gotta, there's a lot more turns and you gotta go around a lot more times. That's, is, is it those turns that are, that, that are the big difference and, and, and having a longer straightaway? Yeah, I would say the straightaways are definitely the bigger difference. In short track, you basically don't even do a straightaway. You have like, kind of like a step in the straightaway, whereas in long track, a straightaway is half of your race, is there on the straightaways um but the corners end up transferring over very well it's a different radius so it's a different feeling but coming from short track makes your cornering significantly better out of the gate but again how did you get here uh, you know was it i just doubled down on my work ethic was it i just got better coaches i mean you you were doing okay on short track from what i've read and then boom, in a couple of years, you're, you're skating at the world championship on long track. Yeah. Um, short track. I was always very frustrated because I always felt like I did not skate to my potential. Part of that was being, um, six foot one. There are no six foot one short trackers out there. Um, it just made it like very hard being the largest person out there. Like refs watch you harder. Cause like you're so big. Any move you make that's like, a, it's kind of questionable, you get DQ'd in. Um, so I got very frustrated with that. And eventually was like, screw it, I'm out. I'm gonna go try long track. And so yeah, I went and tried long track and it kind of, it came pretty easily. Um, but I definitely think that the difference between like me four years ago and now has been a lot of work ethic, but also um, has just been, actually, I was mostly just work ethic. Like, it just takes time. Like, once coming from short track, you have like the base already there. And it's just a matter of learning the technique. And I've had some really great coaches along the way that have helped me transition my short track technique into long track.
have you put college career, I mean, because you're, you're actually going to college and, and studying, does that get put on hold when you have world championships and national champions coming up? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say I'm one of the few people that actually is going to school as close to full time as you possibly can. And it definitely does delay the college process a little bit. Um, actually, with Corona, it actually, uh, my school moved all online, which worked out very well for me. Um, because normally my school would not have any online classes and I would just have to put school on pause for however long I'm out here. Um, but with the classes going online, I was able to take classes and train all year. And I took this quarter, my school's changed a quarter to this year because it's online. Um, I took this quarter off to do world championships, finish out the year, do yeah, US championships. Um, but I'm actually starting classes again in about a week, a little bit over a week. Well, now the season's over, right? You're not, yeah. you're, you're not going to compete for what, six, eight months? Yeah, I probably won't compete again until October. Nice little break. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, we get a little break, but I'll be training again and very soon. Training on skis, right? Just hit the slopes a little bit. No, that's fun. I'm going to be once usually like end of April comes along, we're back to full-time ice training. When we were chatting ahead of me hitting record for this, you mentioned Brittany Bow. I'm curious, as you were talking with her about this conversation, what'd she say? What advice did she give you? Yeah, so I've gotten to know Brittany pretty well this year. Um, spending a month in the Netherlands confined to a hotel really gets you to get to know your teammates. Um, and I was just talking to her about it because I would say she and I are very similar in like our approach to talking about like being gay and athletics. Like we're both very much like being gay is not the focus for us. Like it's not something that we like generally advertise a ton. Not that there's not that we have like any reason not to, it's just, it was about the sport for us like and part of it we talked about is just like I talked with her about is that like I'm generally like kind of uncomfortable talking about being gay with people um not for any real reason it's just like not something that I'm super comfortable doing and I'm way more comfortable talking about sports so like I'm always more focused on just talking about my skating about results um and I think part of that just stemmed from like I feel like there's a stereotype, which I think this whole podcast and out sports in general tries to dispel the idea of like gay men not being athletic. And I think that I've kind of like always had that in the back of my mind being like, I don't want to like talk about being gay because there's the stereotype that gay guys aren't athletic. And I don't want that to be like held against me or used to justify like a bad result or something like that. And so like, I've never really talked about it because I've just been uncomfortable with that. But I feel like at this point, like no one, no one can say anything. Cause like, if I'm beating you, it's hard to say anything. It's hard to claim that you're not a good athlete given that what this year you had three top three finishes at the U.S. championships. You had two top 25 finishes at the world championships. 
hard to say you're not a good athlete, whether you're gay or straight or lesbian or whatever. Yeah, that's kind of what we were talking about. It was just like, there's, yeah, there's like the stereotype that like gay men are not good athletes and like gay women are good athletes. So <laughs> it's just something that like, it's total bogus, but like, it's just something that I've always kind of had the back of my mind. Well, the fact that you uh, are willing to chat with me and, and talk about this stuff and also do talk about skating. You notice I started the conversation just talking about skating because I'm always interested in that talking to athletes. Um, but I imagine you understand the importance to kids and, and society at large of people like you talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was part of it too, is I was like a little hesitant because I'm like, I don't have like, I feel like I don't have like a super dramatic story, but I feel like sometimes maybe just like having like a good story, like a happy story. Um, like I've always had very supportive parents. I grew up in a very supportive community. Um, and I think sometimes that story is also a good one to tell because you build up a lot of, uh, you build up an idea in your mind that like coming out might be like the worst thing in the world. And for some people, it's not a great experience, but I think for a lot of people it is. And sometimes just hearing that is also a good thing. It's reassuring. Well, that's what we found at Outsports. The vast majority of people, whether they're men or women, non-binary, uh, when they come out to their teammates, they are generally accepted and they're often pretty surprised by how much support they have. I'm curious, and you say your parents are supportive, uh, I, which is amazing, you came from a supportive household, but coming to Salt Lake City and really diving into elite level speed skating, I'm curious what kind of perceptions you've had, you had coming in about how you might be received and what reality has been. Um, I would think by the time I came out here, like I did not have any, um, I didn't have any thoughts that it would be like a bad reception. By this point, like basically everyone like in the skating community knows that I'm gay, at least all the skaters. Um, anyone that I have like really like would interact with regularly. Um, so it's like not a secret. And I feel like it really, I didn't expect, it's just like not a consequential thing, honestly. Like it kind of just is what it is. I came out here, like everyone knew I was gay and like, you don't have to say that. And that's kind of just like how I roll. Like, um, I don't know. I think that's part of it is I'm just like, I'm not someone who like goes around announcing it. And like, if you want to know, sure. If you don't, like, I don't really care. And I feel like most people just like know anyway. It's a very small community. Well, well that's a great thing. You know, you could just be yourself. And, you know, you don't have to make a big announcement, right? You can just be yourself and, you know, some sports reporter will notice you on Instagram and, and then reach out <laughs> and, 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 and force you onto his podcast. <laughs> I, I hope that's, you know, it's what, what was nice about when we interacted. I just, I just was like, oh, I, oh, okay. Uh, you know, to be honest, I had not heard of you. I don't follow the, the ins and outs of speed skating, you know, except an Olympic year, yes, I'm one of those. But it was really nice. I just casually said, hey, you want to talk about this? And you're like, 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like, exactly. It's not like a huge deal. It's just something I've never like really done publicly. Cause like, I don't know, opportunities never arisen and I've never really felt the need to like reach out to anyone and talk about it. Yeah. But I figured if, if I was asked, I'm like, sure. Looking at your Instagram, and it's amazing how many athletes say that. They're like, I'm not hiding. I just, like, nobody's really, really asked. Um, but looking at your Instagram, you know, it's it's Connor the speed skater. And then, you know, Connor doing lots of other fun things. But it's, you know, just scanning through. It was never Connor with a boyfriend or Connor with, at a quote-unquote gay party. I'm curious, like, have you just avoided putting that stuff on Instagram or is your life just so speed skating and, and for lack of a better term straight that just never came up a little bit of both like in terms of like going to a party like that rarely happens um in my life like most of what I'm doing is skating I honestly don't have that many like gay friends just because like skating community does not have like get many gay people in it and when i'm at school i like did but i am not at school anymore and so like yeah i don't like have that much interaction with the gay community um and in terms of like boyfriends i just don't ever post stuff i'm also not dating anyone that's also kind of hard with skating a lot of people don't understand like what it takes to get to this level. And that's like a very hard thing to explain to somebody who isn't already in the skating community or like in another applicable like elite sport. Um, and like, I also just have very little time to like date. Like I don't go out on dates because that often because I'm like, have a horrible schedule. <laughs> this is something that I hear all the time when I talk to athletes, and it's not just gay athletes. They, it's, it's not only is it difficult to tell the person that you're dating that, oh yeah, on Friday and Saturday, I can't see you because I have to get up at 5 a.m. to train the next day. Oh, and I'm gonna be gone for a month in Europe um, during this time on Valentine's Day, I'm not going to, don't even, please don't even text me on Valentine's Day because I have the world championships the next day. Uh, that's <laughs> a lot of people are like, bye. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, that resonates with a lot of athletes. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I had that problem with my last boyfriend as I was just like, it's not that like I'm choosing skating over you but like I've also been doing this now for like 14 years and like I'm not gonna give that up for somebody which like can sound very cold but like at the end of the day I don't know that'd be hard I'd be like stopping talking to like your best friend of 14 years because you started dating somebody else and that's just like not really how I roll and that was a little bit of a point of contention <laughs> it's a balance and and to be honest you know, I would say that I was extremely driven in my life as I was dating. When I met the person who is now my husband, that all changed very quickly. And suddenly being with this person, and that's how I knew that we'd be together forever, because suddenly the math in my head started changing and 
being with this person when I'm 60 is suddenly even more important than anything I'm going to do in the next 10 years. So when, if, and when you meet somebody next week or next month or next year, five years from now, the right person will find a way to understand. And you will also find yourself starting to reconfigure the math in your head about relationship versus career. Yeah. I think I also think just like once I'm done skating, it won't be quite as like a weird, it won't be like as hard because like this is not like a normal, it's not like a normal job even. Like a normal job, like you might be very career oriented, but like for the most part, normal jobs have set regular schedules that like you work for a block of time, it's nonstop, and then you're done for the day. You like the weekends off. I don't get the weekends off. My days are split up into like multiple training blocks per day where I get like lunch in the middle and I'm always like doing stuff. So like, it's, it's a really difficult schedule to like try to balance other stuff with. What, what do you love about this so much that you are willing to make so many sacrifices and, and change your life so much because of it? Oh man, I think... I mean, just to get here, it's like, I think it takes a certain kind of person that like really puts winning above most, like above like just like physical comfort. Like getting to this point is not comfortable. You push your body so hard and it hurts, but like there's just like that drive to win and be the best that it's like almost like unexplainable. And then there's also just like, the feeling of specifically speed skating like I got it I would say I almost got almost more in short track um there's a feeling of like a physical feeling of like g-force going around those corners that is incredible that I feel like you could only match if you were like a race car driver going around corners and it's just an incredible feeling to have. And that's like part of what I love about the sport is just going really, really fast and like having that feeling. I know when I was an athlete, I built a lot of my self-worth around winning. I was worth more the more I won. And that really drove me to put lots of things on hold. And I I'm curious how much of that is true for you. Um, I definitely think that is, I can relate to that a lot, but I also have not won a lot. And I think in the grand scheme of things, losing so much when I was younger, um, really helped me get where I am today. Because I mean, you do have a little bit of like that self-worth where you're like, if I win, I don't know, like I'm a more worthwhile person. But, like, losing a ton builds a lot of, I think, just, like, mental strength and also just drives you to do better. And I think that, like, I don't know. I, I think that, like, if I had been, like, a prodigy as a child, I would not love the sport as much as I do now. And I would not, like, appreciate what I have done as much as I do now. That's, that, that's super interesting. It's... My, my experience was I, I came from a small town and I won a lot for my small town. 
Um, and then I went to adult flag football and I won a lot. And so I had, I had built so much of my, of, of, of how Sid Ziegler was defined around winning as just a, is a very different way of arriving at, I need to win than, 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 than how you did. When you win now, how does it feel like what, when you finished first last weekend, what did it feel like? What did you do? Even though it was like U.S. champs, it's not like world champs, which is like a much bigger deal. Winning last week was probably the happiest I've ever been skating. They're actually probably so they're re-airing the races on the thir- March 13th. Um, and I'm pretty sure that they're going to have to bleep out my uh, when I cross the finish line because <laughs> I'm not someone who generally like celebrates like that's just not really what I do I really like am that like emotional and that like just like driven that's maybe not the right word but yeah I crossed that finish line looked up at the time which blew my previous PB out of the water and just like (laughs) just like screamed the f word which is like so uncharacteristic of me um but I think that just is like how I think it just like shows like how excited I was to like actually win that race. Did you cry? No, I don't. I just don't cry in general very often, but I'm also not like a, I'm not a sad, happy winner. Like I'm not like a crying from winning kind of person. I'm tearing up listening to you talk about it. That's who I am. I, I, I cried. I, I, there was a movie, a, a, a disaster movie called Armageddon in the late 90s. I cried during that. I cry at everything. So uh, hearing your stories like yours gets to me every time. I, I'm curious, as you were younger and, and losing a lot, as, as, that you said, who were role models that you kind of held up as, as people to, who inspired you? Yeah. Um, let's see. I think I've, I always looked up to, um, Shawnee Davis. Uh, he, I met him right after the 2010 Olympics. Cause my, um, one of my like coaches growing up was like his manager. And so he came to DC and that my coach had like set up a, I don't even know what it technically was fundraiser or something. Um, where I got to meet Shawnee right after the Olympics where he'd won gold. Um, and so I've always looked up to him, even though at that time I was like, I would barely even call myself a speed skater at that point. Like I was pretty new to the sport and I was doing short track. Um, but I really looked, up to, really looked up to him. And I've also looked up to Brit for a long time, both because uh, she's gay and also because like, she's just so humble in like winning she and um heather bergsma or heather richardson before she got married um both are just like like they win everything and they're so humble and down to earth and i just like really respect that uh so i really looked up to her a long time so it's amazing now to be on the same team with her and skate with her go to world champs and be there when she like won the world championship this year in the thousand. She doesn't scream the F word when she crosses the finish line. <laughs> no, she's a little more composed. She's like won a lot more than I have, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, she does not, uh, does not scream the F word crossing the finish line. 2021, about 11 months from now, 
the Winter Olympic Games were going to start, what would it mean to you to compete at the Olympic Games? And how much are you going to put into getting there? Oh, man. I mean, it's almost hard to like, someone else had actually just asked me about this um, right after my thousand race. They were like, you just won. What if we told you that you made the Olympics right now? And I was like, it wouldn't be the same because it's not the same as like Olympic trials. Like, I feel like I would have to earn it. But like, I also don't even know how I will react at the time if I were to make the game, if I were to make the Olympic team. Because it's just like, it's the thing you've been working towards for your entire career. And like, I've never had an applicable experience. So like, I don't even know how I'd react at the time. I'm sure I'd be overwhelmed with like relief and joy and stuff, but it's hard to even imagine right now. Um, in terms of what I'll do to get there, I mean, I feel like right now I'm really just doing everything I can and I just gotta like trust what we're doing, trust the program because I made really huge strides this year. And I think that as long as I just keep doing what I'm doing, and keep trusting my coach and working with the team that it'll put me in a really good spot to try to make the Olympic team next year. Let's suppose you make the, the Winter Olympic team. There's a lot of chatter among some politicians and activists about U.S. boycotting the Winter Olympics because they're in China next year. You make the Olympic team. You're training to be there. Somebody comes along and says, the U.S. is boycotting. You're not going understand that it is probably hard to explain what making the team would feel like. Try to explain what making the team and then being told you can't go would feel like. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna walk a very delicate line here because we've actually been told to be very careful with what we say in terms of this situation. Uh, um, just so that as long as everything goes like as it's supposed to, we'll all be there. And we don't want to um, get, we don't want to get individually banned by the Chinese government or anything like that from going. So I'm gonna be very careful with what I say. Um, if the US as a country were to decide to boycott the games, I will do whatever the Olympic team decides to do. Um, I don't think that will happen. I think everyone would like to go to the games but I will definitely go along with whatever is decided by the up and up, like the upper people. Um, Great, I'll answer for you. I'll save you from this question. They better not. As this, yeah, really, there's so many ways to, to fight against human rights violations. And, and I'm for, you're, again, no need to comment. I'm for banning countries like Iran, whose human rights violations are so bad, to punish American athletes because our government can't figure out how to deal with this is just beyond the pale and unacceptable. And I talked to Greg Luganis about this. You know, in 1980, uh, he was told, you're not going to dive in Moscow for the 80 games. And it was devastating. Devastating. And he, he won five Olympic medals and he still says that was really a horrible time. So I'll answer the rest for you, uh, uh, for myself, but in place of you, 
don't do it. Let 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 the kids go compete in 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 Beijing. How's exactly. that? Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of like the the idea going around right now. It's like this should not be on the athletes to like to fight any human rights violations. Like that's not that should not be on the athletes. That should be something handled by the sponsor, like the Olympic sponsors, the IOC whoever else is in a powerful position to do that. The individual athlete should not be punished for taking a stance I, on that. I agree. I feel very strongly about that as well. Uh, what do you hope to accomplish by having this conversation with me? Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Um, I guess it's just like, I mean, if like a happy coming out story, happy athletic story helps anyone, that's great. Um, and I guess the other thing would just be like, just put myself out there. Like if anyone has ever wondered if I was gay, now they'll know. Like, I don't have to like, I mean, if anyone else, if anyone feels uncomfortable, like asking me, they don't have to ask me. I don't have to like, answer anyone's like questions if I don't want to um yeah I just like put myself out there and then I can kind of go back to focusing on like skating that's what we're really all here for I understand it's been pretty much a non-story in and around the speed skating world certainly for a long time can you think of a single negative reaction or, or someone who has maybe you know, blackballed you, just doesn't come around anymore since they found out. Has that happened at all in the speed skating world? Not really, honestly. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything like, I can't think of anything ever directed at me specifically. I have like, I've heard of some skaters saying some like homophobic stuff, not necessarily about me, just in general but no one would ever say that to my face. Um, and I also think the position I'm in now helps with that a lot. Um, just cause like, it's hard to say something when, if I beat you. So <laughs> like, it, I have never actually had like a bad experience with anybody personally, but I'm sure that it happens. And I think it's also part of the reason why I like have not been super public until this point where there's really nothing anyone can say. Well, amen to that. I appreciate you taking the time. I, I wish you the best of luck. We'll be following you closely. Uh, if you're going to ski, just ski carefully. Don't get hurt. I'm, I'm sure is what <laughs> your, your, your coaches have plastered on your, on your locker. Uh, do not get hurt skiing. <laughs> Oh yeah, I've had the lecture from my mom on the phone about not getting hurt while I'm skiing. But yeah, I'll be very careful. Great. Well, best of luck and let us know how we can help anytime. Awesome. Thank you so much. You can follow Connor on Instagram at Connor.mm. That is Connor with one N. And I just really appreciate Connor being willing to step out into the light, being gay. Uh, I don't know that we've had a long track speed skater come out as, as a gay man who is at his level. We had a Keith Carney uh, about a decade ago come out 
He was, I think he reached top 10 in US championships, but uh, never was at the, the world championship caliber that Connor is. Uh, of course, Blake Skellerup was a short track speed skater from New Zealand, uh, but who, who went on to the Olympics. We've never seen a long track speed skater uh, come out. So I just really appreciate Connor doing that and being so cool about it. And I'm just so jealous that, <laughs> I don't know, I've been a, Brit I've been a Brittany Bow fanboy for, for a while. So uh, it's, I, I'm jealous that he gets to hang out with her. She just seems really cool too. Maybe speed skaters are just cool. Matt Rittenhouse, who came out, um, you know, a, a while ago after he retired. Anyhow, I, I, I ramble and digress. I just really appreciate Connor, and I know that he's going to help other people. Come on back next week, talking with an author who has written a book about some inspirational LGBTQ athletes in Canada, and we talk about some people who we've had on this podcast, as well as some people who we haven't. So. Coming back then, and I hope you have a great week.